If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. The final days, final hours before the 2020 campaign comes to a close. We'll be determining who our president is. We should buckle up and get ready for a bumpy ride. I know feelings and anxiety are are at uh, all-time highs, really, as people begin to think about the future of their country, where this country will be headed, the leadership, and whether or not D.C. will be a state, whether or not Puerto Rico will be a state, whether or not Biden, excuse me, excuse me, a Harris-Biden ticket will result in the packing of a Supreme Court, whether Trump can pull out another victory despite um, some of the things that uh, that we're seeing and so forth. So I want to go through that today. I want to talk a little bit about where the candidates are campaigning. That is interesting to take a look at as well. They're campaigning in Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Folks, this is where. These are the states. We've talked about this. You know this. There's others as well. But this is really where the election is coming coming down to. By the way, you can email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, Heck, I'll even accept your adoration and, and praise. Todd at ToddUpShow.com. You can also join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're streaming the program on YouTube as well. And the program can be streamed live on our website, ToddHuffShow.com. Folks, we'll be live election night, special edition of the Todd Huff Show, live election night from the Freedom 95 studios. You can catch that program here on Freedom 95. You can also catch the program on those social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter slash Periscope in particular. Election night, you can chat with us there. You can – all kinds of stuff going on election night starting starting at 9 p.m. Slated to go until 11, but who knows? Depends on, I guess, what, uh, what we find out election night. But we should be prepared for just about anything, and I know that that creates a lot of anxiety in folks. In fact, I got a – message yesterday from a friend pretty worked up about this i've noticed that he and a lot of others go back and forth back and forth as to whether or not they are assured of a trump victory or believe that biden is going to step in and defeat trump here 
in the final days, you know, looking at these polls. I don't look much at polls. I do I know I look at Trafalgar because I do believe they have a history um of of being the most accurate. I think that they're at least trying to accommodate some of the issues, the realities out there. I believe that they are uh, following a, metho- a methodology that they believe is accurate, that creates accurate or the most accurate results. I don't believe that they're trying to uh, create a narrative, which is Trump can't win. In fact, I saw a headline. I should see if I can find this really quickly. Just the headline as I was preparing for the show this morning, Slate, an article in Slate this morning had an interesting headline. Something along the line. I'm going to get. I'm going to look this up. But basically, there's no legitimate way that Trump can win now. No way Trump. Let me see if I can find this really quickly because I think this is this is really uh, the narrative. I mean, listen to this. This is the headline: Slate.com. Trump can't win the vote. Will he retake the presidency anyway? Um. But the way that they write this is I'm looking – one of the lines here, no one thinks that Donald Trump will win a majority of the votes in the 2020 election. Folks, that is not – that is not how this is done. The best way to think about our election is that you have 50 states plus the District of Columbia that hold individual elections, and the people within those states and in the District of Columbia are getting a voice, a vote to determine how their state will vote. This is a nation of states. I don't have time to go through the – the history of this, but this is rele- this is relevant. This is relevant as we look at uh, the history of America and why things are done the way that they are. This is an this is a nation of individual autonomous states that have joined a federal union. Doesn't mean that the, the federal government has no power, but it has limited power. That power is outlined in the Constitution, and so states vote and. It's no one is claiming, although some I guess some have suggested Trump might win the popular vote. I don't know. That doesn't even matter. What matters is who wins the most electoral votes. And I know that that folks are anxious now. Some of you may have maybe even been playing around with these electoral maps and you're looking at these. And I spent a lot of time looking at these lately as well. And I do really like the way that Trump, uh, the map shapes up for President Trump. It doesn't mean that this is a slam dunk. I mean, again, again, we are talking about a small margin, a small margin in a handful of states that are going to determine the outcome. I maintain that this will be, this will be a close election. This is because again, we're looking at a couple percentage points in key swing states. It's it's easy to think about this in terms of what you see where you are, and there's some degree of, you know, there, there's some things that we can pick up from that certainly. Especially if we see coverage um, of of events or Trump parades nationwide, there's certainly things to be picked up from that as well. But there's also there are pockets of I wouldn't say strong Biden support. I don't think that that really exists. There's pockets of strong Trump hate, and that is what the Democrats are are campaigning for. And so this, of course, creates angst and anxiety and and so forth as we get to the final days of this election. But I still like how this map shapes up for President Donald J. Trump. I do. I like that. I think, again, it's going to come down to the states they're campaigning in, folks. That's 
you know, we shouldn't be so concerned about what they're saying. You should tune out the pundits and you should look at where the candidates are going. Trump was in New Hampshire recently, which is a state Trump can win. Trump's been in Nevada. Excuse me, Nevada, as Trump says. Trump can win Nevada. He may not win those states, but he can at least make a run at them. And, um, you know, 2016, New Hampshire wasn't that far out of reach. But today, again, the candidates are in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. And Trafalgar, the Trafalgar poll, I believe, shows it's really close in Wisconsin. Trump's been trending up in Michigan. In fact, I would say at this particular point in time, just based upon, again, what Trafalgar Group is showing, I don't really care what all these other crazy pollsters are saying. It doesn't mean that there's nothing there that's a, that's a value, but it does mean that their methodology may be highly flawed. We have lots of people voting. You have the hidden Trump vote. You have all sorts of uh, – I mean if you're looking at this from just a strictly – observational perspective i mean the narrative is in trump's favor yesterday we saw the numbers what it was at 33.1 percent gdp growth in the third quarter all-time high now in fairness we came off of the all-time low because of covid but folks this has bounced back now some people are out there in fact i read something this morning where some individual was saying well of course you know you drop a basketball from your hand and it bounces up. Uh, the height with which it bounces back off the floor is uh, based upon the force that you throw or bounce that basketball downward. So it didn't quite reach the same height where it was before it was dropped, they say, but but it did bounce back. That was to be expected. That wasn't to be expected. I love how the left tries to rewrite this. Remember, they said there would be no V-shaped recovery. Now, we're not truly on a straight V-shaped recovery tracked long term. But, folks, if you look at the second to third quarter, we made a V-shaped bounce back. Now, some people say you won't see this fully recover for even a couple of years, maybe five or ten years. But in another sense, the economy has gone through an incredible Incredibly difficult struggle here. And one might ask the question, would there have been a bigger bounce had some of these leftist governors not put such – I mean there are still strenuous um, regulations, COVID regulations put on many, many businesses. And yet we've still seen this. This is fantastic news. They want to minimize this. You think this would have happened with Obama, folks? You think this would happen with a president – Joe Biden, they wouldn't they would have taken any amount of growth and told us how great it was. They wouldn't have told us that there's a caveat, a big but. They would have said these numbers are great, but they wouldn't have been what they are because these leftists would not have allowed the economy to operate freely. There would have been a force of government designed to keep the private sector from doing things that the government didn't want them to do all in the name of public safety and so forth. We would probably be hearing terms about how the new normal are these lower economic numbers and that Americans need to probably start new social programs to deal with the long-term effects of what COVID will do to our economy, and there's never a way to get back from it. That would have been the discussion. It wouldn't have been blamed on President Obama or, God forbid, President Obama or Biden. But nonetheless, this is good news. 
in the final days of the election, for first and foremost for the American people. And by the way, the Democrat leadership and the Democrat uh, Democrats in, in Congress in Washington, D.C., in positions of power around this country are cheering against folks. They're cheering against an American economic rebound because they know that that helps President Trump. It's sad. It's pathetic. But nonetheless, this is who they are. This is what they do. So we've got that there. We've got the Trump rallies. You compare these Trump rallies with Biden rallies. It's not even close. You look at, again, where they're campaigning. I'm looking at Trump right now. Earlier this week in Wisconsin, folks, Wisconsin is going to be razor, razor close. Pennsylvania, the Democrats have thrown all sorts of resources there as well. This is coming back to the Rust Belt states. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say that the Democrats may come to regret the day that they left behind the blue collar, the union Democrat voter, because that is precisely what they have done. They have abandoned that voter. That is why that voter turned to President Trump in 2016. They're trying to make voters in that particular group, that segment of the voting population, they're trying to convince the union voter that that's not really what they did. But they cut the union Democrat voter, the blue dog Democrat, out of their – really out of their uh, – the groups of, of people that they tried to make part of their coalition. They cut them loose, instead opting to go with a bunch of single-issue radical, in some instances, many instances, radical groups, single-issue Democrat voters, making this hodgepodge of individuals who largely agree with the conservative viewpoint of America but are so strongly attracted to the Democrat Party because of a single issue that aligns with these voters' beliefs and so forth. That it's a powerful magnetic force. But the Democrats have abandoned the working class. They've abandoned law and order. They've abandoned decency. They've abandoned anything that resembles control in cities in America. Like right now, we're looking at Pennsylvania burning to the ground. The media has largely ignored this because that is not, of course, good for Joe Biden, for Kamala Harris. It is good for, well, the message of Trump of instilling law and order and reducing and stopping this stuff is the right message. It is the good message. This stuff needs to stop. The rhetoric that fuels this stuff cannot continue going on like this. So anyway, that being said, I got to take a break. I have an interview that I want to share with you this morning. It's with Indiana's uh, fifth district Republican candidate, Victoria Sparts. I spoke with her earlier in the week. I want to share uh, that conversation with you. I want you to hear what that race is about. It is tied. It is one that the Democrats think that they can pick up. Uh, and uh, I just want you to hear from her perspective what that's about. Really enjoyed my conversation with her. She's got a great story, a great history, and I think there's uh, some things that you'll really like that she says. So I'm going to play that after the break. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. Now, obviously, the race between Trump and Biden is very important. But what is also important, what is also important is, of course, the House and the Senate. 
I know it's not popular to say this or believe this, and I know that if you look at projections and models, it says something like Republicans have a 4% chance of winning the House of Representatives back. And the Senate, I guess, is anyone's guess. I think that that Trump Trump's uh, Trump's popularity, I guess, or the amount of people coming out to vote for Trump is going to drive a lot of this, is going to drive numbers of people that will vote down ballot, which voting down ballot is important. In fact, I had a conversation earlier this week that I'm going to share with you with a friend of mine, Daniel Elliott. He's the – Daniel Elliott. He is the chair of the Republican Party in Morgan County talking about the importance of down ballot. But here we have this race for – Indiana's 5th Congressional District, it is tight. It is very tight. Christina Hale, Democrat, Victoria Sparts, Republican candidate, 5th District. So I spoke with Victoria Sparts earlier this week, and I want to share a bit of our conversation. It's not the whole conversation. You can see or listen to, I should say, the whole conversation if you want to check that out on our website. It's there now, ToddHuffShow.com. Just scroll down to the area um, under the label of posts, and you can listen to the entire interview. I enjoyed speaking with Victoria Sparks. Again, she has a very good story and I think a very solid ideology. Here is my conversation with Ms. Sparks. Well, I have the good pleasure today of being joined by Victoria Sparks. She is the Republican Congressional District for – or candidate, I should say – for the 5th District in the state of Indiana. Ms. Sparks, it is a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Doing great. Good. That's uh, that's good to hear. Now, Susan Brooks, is, as our listeners know, is retiring, and you won this crowded primary quite convincingly, I might I might add. Um, what does this seat, this seat in particular, mean to Hoosiers? Mean to conservatives? Mean to those who favor limited government? How important is this seat? both locally and nationally, when we look at the breakdown as to who may be uh, in charge of or running the House of Representatives? Well, it is a very important seat. As you know, you know we have a lot of challenges. We have a lot of problems. Congress is broken. A lot of politics is happening. And we have um, Nancy Pelosi under her leadership. She's moving our country to a very radical direction. It's a very different, different Democrat party than 50 years ago. It's, uh, as Bernie Sanders said, we used to be extreme. Now we are man- mainstream and a very radical socialistic views and extreme left views are now prevailing in that party at the federal level. It's unfortunate for me to see that, and I think that's important for people to start paying attention because that's not what made our country the greatest in the world. It made a lot of countries fail, these views and ideas, and I think it's important for us to really hold the ground in seats like that, and they're very challenging, and eventually to get our house back in order and have the right leadership in the House of Representatives because nothing can be done if we don't fix uh, our lower chamber at the federal level. That's right. Well, things can be done, like impeaching the president of the United States, as we saw, which is, uh, of course, a whole other sideshow altogether. But you mentioned something there in your, in your answer to that question. You said it is a very different Democrat party than it was 50 
years ago. And you're exactly right. And I think, I guess, talk a little bit about that in your campaign, because your opponent, Christina Hale, she's trying to uh, paint this picture as though she's some, you know, moderate, middle of the road Democrat from 50 years ago. Um, is that really is that really who she is and what she uh, believes and how she would legislate, I guess? No, it's actually, you know, she can talk. And, I, you know, in the state of Indiana, who is a general and not extreme left? So you have to say the things to win. And Democrats here say whatever, you know, sells to win. You know, and I think a lot of actually Democrats ran on these views in 2018 uh, and won their seats. Now they have a record and a lot of people now shocked. Right. And well, the good thing about thing, Christina, that she actually does have a record at the state house. And if people she doesn't want to talk about her record, that's why she's hiding and putting a lot of crazy negative ads against me and just blatant lies. It's just crazy. <laughs> you think you think mm-hmm. stuff, you know, will be taken out of context. Well, you, you don't expect that people would put blatant lies. But unfortunately, that's what federal politics became. And that's why a lot of good people don't even want to touch it. It's unfortunate. You know, we have to figure out how to deal with that because we want to have good people going into politics, but no one wants to be dragged through mud with family and everything else. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you look at her record, you know, ever since she voted with Republicans when it didn't matter, but when it mattered on every issue of tax cuts, pro-business policy, protection of private property rights, to have a b- better business environment, uh, being pro-farmer, have a better education and better, more school choice, which actually benefited her district significantly in Marion County and have a policy of good public safety and major juvenile justice reform every time. She voted against it. All of these great things that made Indiana one of the top states in the nation, number two in economic outlook. We even have a job growth under this, you know, recession under the virus, you know, then under policies of Governor Daniels, Pence and Holcomb and the Republican leadership, she voted all against it. So when it matters, she's voted with her establishment every time. And that's why she was chosen by Nancy Pelosi. If you remember, you know, they had a very strong woman, Dee Thornton. She ran pretty good against Susan Brooks two years ago with no money, you know, and they didn't handpick her because they want to have a woman that will push a button for leadership because even Dee, she's mm-hmm. a pretty strong woman. They don't want women who can, you know, walk and chew gum, right? They want women like Christina, <laughs> You know, and that's, you know, both established and mine the same. So, you know, they want, don't want independent thinkers that actually represent the people, not the party. Both political elites want to have someone like Christina. So, I mean, but she has a record. We'll see if people pay attention to the record because there is just so much, you know, uh, going on and there is so much money spent. So it's just, we'll see if people will pay attention. I hope they do. It's important. So there's been a lot of negative ads. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth. There's been a lot of, I guess, um, where she's trying to present herself in a way that's not consistent with the people she's going to be voting with in Washington, D.C., the Nancy Pelosi's, the Maxine Waters, the Adam Schiff's, and so forth. So if you had to, to tell Hoosiers, just stop with all the noise, stop with all this stuff that's going on. This race is really about what? What would you say that this race is really about? This race is really about, it's not even, you know, about me or President Trump. This race is about the future of our country. 
are we still going to be a republic? You know, as Margaret Thatcher said, you know, Europe was created by history. America was created by philosophy. And I would say America was created by philosophy of freedom. And are we still going to be a republic of freedom where people decide what they want to do, not the government decide to them. And the government have to have limited functions to protect your life, liberty, and property and do it well. Otherwise, government does nothing well. The government's still doing everything for everyone. It's just empty promises. It can get nothing done. It cannot be good with what we should be doing. So I think that's a problem that people don't understand. But if people kind of forgot President Reagan's, you know, uh, quotes about, you know, I'm from the government here to help you and government is really the mm-hmm. biggest problem. So I think hopefully people will start reminding, but this is what the election is about, or we will have a political elites and billionaires in Washington, D.C., as Soros and Bloomberg, who are spending enormous money putting in the super PACs right now, they're going to be running the country. And we will have oligarchs like Soros and Bloomberg, you know, telling us what to do and everyone else is equal or poor. That's what socialistic system is. Do we want to be run by, you know, D.C. elites as a country? I don't. If Hoosiers want to do that, that's a choice they would have to make. Then they will have to vote for Christina Hill if that's what Hoosiers want to do. I do not believe that people do want, a majority of people don't. We just need to get through this cloud and be able to get the message out. That's right. So you mentioned Trump there in your last your last answer. Um, what I guess what is your... Um, how will you work with the president, uh, hopefully after winning this this election here uh, in a couple of weeks? What's, I guess, what's your position on working with Trump in general, Trump's agenda, the things that are important to him? Is he going to have an ally on Victoria Sparks? Uh, just, I guess, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, I'm always being an independent thinking, independent legislator in my party. So I actually challenge uh, my leadership and, you know, more than a lot of other people, because I always believe, you know, I don't represent the party. I don't represent the government. I represent the people. And I want to make sure that I represent the people. I am a check and balance. And then regardless, if my governor is Republican or Democrat, I always been a check and balance to my governor. And that's how we make good policies in the state of Indiana when two branches are check and balance to each other. Regardless who is going to win the presidency, I will be a check and balance as legislative branch. Legislative branch should be the one who making policy, not executive branch. Legislative mm-hmm. branch has a function of oversight. Legislative branch is a branch which is making the laws, not executive branch. Legislative branch at the federal level dropped the ball on the people, didn't do the function. Now we have judicial and executive branch making the laws. And that is very wrong because people don't have an ability to get rid of government bureaucrat. You know, they have an ability to get rid of me if they don't like me as legislator. And it's important to remember that that's why we have this exponential growth in executive branch in the federal government. And and I think that's unhealthy. Whether we like executive orders or dislike, that is not a way to legislate. But I believe when you have a good leader in executive branch, you know, and someone who has the backbone and willing to make tough decisions, it's important to have someone like that. Because if legislative branch 
is going to develop good laws and develop good laws to <laughs> represent the people <laughs> is actually very difficult because you have a lot of big monopolies and coming at you, right? So you have to be tough. Mm -hmm. You need to get your colleagues on board. You need to work with all of the stakeholders. And then you have to bring it to executive and says, okay, this is a good policy. It's important. You know, I need your support. And I think it's important, especially with, you know, like at the state, we have a little bit not as much power in the governors. It's a simple majority to override Denison at the federal level. There is much more process for that. So it's important to have an executive who, who will have a backbone to say, you know what, this is good to the people. I'll be tough to do it, you know, and I will not going to be fold and cave in under pressure. Because there are just the tough issues like healthcare, education, tough issues to resolve them. You have to have that backbone. So I think showing what executive orders President Trump was willing to issue that challenge in court by very big monopolies right now, they do not like that. He was willing to put some on price transparency, on healthcare, on, you know, on transparency and drug pricing. And people don't like transparency, okay? Big monopolies, they mm -hmm. get bigger. So I, I think he has the ability to do it. And if Congress would work with him, he, I think he would be good allies. But regardless of that, you know, I still would be check and balance. And I think we need to have more fiscal oversight of executive branch. And that is a congressional function. And Congress is not doing it. That's definitely true. I'm speaking with Victoria Sparch. She is the Republican congressional candidate for the 5th District here in the great state of Indiana. We're going to take a time out and continue this conversation um, on digitally online uh, on our website and to our email subscribers and so forth. So I'm going to continue this conversation with Victoria Sparts there. So I appreciate uh, your time so far, Ms. Sparts, and we'll continue this after the break. So we are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. As you know, since our interviews run a little bit longer, and I like to, to do that, I like to run our interviews longer uh, because I think, again, one of the problems we face in this country is that we have nothing but a series of sound bites and talking points. So it puts me off the time clock, as these things often do whenever we air interviews. But if you want to hear the rest of my conversation with Ms. Victoria Sparts, you can go to our website, ToddHuffShow.com. Scroll down to the – it's the third area of the homepage. It's just called Posts. You can also find – if you want to hear the rest of my conversation with Donald Rainwater, we uh, shared that conversation with you yesterday. But if you want to hear those interviews, you can check them out there. But I think, I think one of the things we have to get better at – and this is – conservatism is a story – Conservatism requires explanation. Conservatism requires the uncovering of truths. It's not rooted in emotional impulse. And yes, we have to find a way to fight in a soundbite world. I don't want to be misunderstood, but we also have to find a way to give folks context. And in order to give them context, it just simply it, it, it takes time. And so I like to give our guests more time. Now, the 5th District, again, Central Indiana is, uh, has many districts intersecting, uh, crisscrossing in, in, in a sense throughout the, 
the listening area on Freedom 95. But the 5th District um, really goes up north and east of Indianapolis um, into the Hamilton County area um, and northward, I think, up to around, maybe even including uh, near Anderson. I'd have to look closely, but that direction. So that is an important race. All these races are important. All these races are important. We have an ideological battle that literally is being waged. It's a cultural battle that's being waged in the political uh, – in politics, in the political world, this, this ideological civil war, so to speak, ideological conflict between the radicals who are socialists, who are lovers of big government – and those I'm there's of course subgroups there's 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 groups who want to take us to bigger government more slowly I don't want to get into all the groups but but at at its core we have this battle between those who want to grow the size and scope of government build this utopia create uh, create solutions to all of our problems right that's there's there's the side that thinks government is basically god and there's the side that says, let's return to the way the founders built this. Let's limit our government. Yes, our government is important. Yes, our government should be doing certain things, but our government shouldn't be micromanaging our lives. Our government should not be making decisions for us. Our government should not be trying to protect us from ourselves, and on and on this list could go. We need to be able to be free people. That's how God made us to be free, to have liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so... And so that's the battle, and it happens at all levels of government. It happens in the U.S. presidency, governorship. Um, it happens for people who are running for Congress, national U.S. Congress, and in Washington D.C. It happens at the state level. It happens at the local level, and these things do matter tremendously because sometimes there are instances where people, even at the local level, will have to make decisions. And it turns out that the ideology that they embrace has quite a bit to do with the decisions that they make. Even though those decisions may seem may seem small, now they don't for a U.S. Congress seat, which is what uh, Victoria Sparts is running for, but as I'm talking up and down the ticket, these things do matter tremendously. They matter tremendously. Who do you think's the ones who are going to cut funding. Daniel Elliott speaks with me about that. We'll, we'll share that early next week. But where does funding, uh, you know, the, the local decisions that affect funding for law enforcement, where does that come from? We can look at what the city of Indianapolis is doing when, when it pertains to the way that the law enforcement is being managed today versus how it was being managed last year. Not the same at all. In fact, it's kind of scary some of the stuff that's happening there that being said puts me off uh, our time so i gotta move on here but when we get back i want to continue talking about the final days of this election the final days of this election and yes we will be again live election night at freedom 95 in the studios there starting at 9 p.m so quick timeout is in order don't panic we will be back here in just a minute Talking with 
someone on Facebook about this a second ago during the break. I just said something to Oz the previous break. I said that our social media reach has decreased pretty dramatically recently. And my only conclusion is that the folks at Facebook, Facebook, if you're listening to this, good morning. But the folks at Facebook must have read the scientific journal, probably in the journal, um, what is it, JAMA, probably in that. Scientific research showing that 98% of scientists agree that listening to this program has been documented to prove that people begin leaning to the right. It is a side effect of listening to this program. So Facebook, I mean, you know, depending upon if if you think that uh, leaning to the right is dangerous to one's health, as I'm sure that you do, definitely Twitter does, Jack Dorsey fresh off the Appalachian Trail or wherever he was hiking before he jumped on that uh, that hearing with Ted Cruz in the Senate the other day. But anyway, I mean, th- these are the sorts of things we're facing. And in spite of all of that, folks, in, in spite of all that, in spite of the social media's intent to silence conservatism under the guise of whatever it is, protecting hacked information or what, I don't know what the, the guise would be for this show. Again, unless it's uh, that they really believe that leaning to the right can cause someone serious bodily harm, then you know they they silence or they they make it more difficult to get the message out. And I ask you, who's the ones that's trying to inter- intervene and stop free debate? Who are the ones that are doing that, and why? Wouldn't you think if you were so secure in believing that this was going to be a slam dunk victory for the Democrat Party, for your guy, for the big guy? Joe Biden, right? Hunter Biden and all of his colleagues and so forth refer to the big guy, big guy Joe Biden. I guess that's you, Joe, as Trump asked. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But if they were so certain of a victory here, why would they be so intent on silencing the opposition speech? Why would they be so interested in keeping people from hearing alternative viewpoints and perspectives it's as though literally there's one monolithic viewpoint in the media the narrative that exists there in the polls and so forth and then there's other viewpoints they simply do not let uh, be heard if those are heard they're mocked and maligned and so forth that's why that's why the trafalgar group gets laughed at and mocked but we shall see folks we shall see what happens on election day We shall see. Now, this is, again, buckle up because I don't know where this is going. I don't know if we'll know on Election Day. I don't know if there's any chance of that happening. I feel like it's pretty slim at this point because of the mail-in ballots. I do know this. I do know this. The Democrats will say that they know the election is over and every vote has been counted once Biden comes out victorious. Once Biden has one more electoral vote than Trump, they'll know, in fact, that that will be the point in which they know that this election is over and every vote has been counted. Got to take a break. Be back here to wrap up in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. Here we are, final waning moments of the week. I want to remind you that we are we are still running a contest through Sunday, if you want to be entered into a drawing to 
spend election night with me, with the team, with pedals and paws and bubbles in the Freedom 95 Studios live election night. We'll have a lot of fun. Have a lot of fun. Get to meet me and the team. Uh, We will be – you can do that. You can enter that contest and you can also – you can also save $20 off of our first Conservative Not Bitter course. All you have to do is go to toddhuffshow.com slash contest. And if you take advantage of the early bird enrollee offer into CNBU, you will be entered into that drawing and can spend election night with us. So anyway, lots of stuff to discuss as we get through the final days of this election. Have a great weekend. Try to take a deep breath and know that no matter what, this fight is nowhere over. SDG, guys, have a good weekend.